Live with CDP, a weekly sports and entertainment podcast, live on YouTube, Facebook Live, Twitter, and on audio via Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, Spotify, and Anchor FM. Now here's your host, Chris Pame. Good evening, or good afternoon, everybody, on this Saturday, August 27th, 2022. Looking forward to Live with CDP Sports Podcast, Season 4, Episode 24 today, uh, Episode 189 since March 2020. Looking forward to my guest today. His name is Sam Hossack, and uh, looking forward to bringing him on today. And we're going to talk a little bit about his career uh, in media and how he started out his own business. Sam is currently uh, the the marketing and game day operations manager for the Toronto Junior Canadians of the uh, Ontario Junior Hockey League. And he's also the team photographer for the Toronto Beaches Lacrosse team as well. And he's also the uh, creator and founder of the Sam Hasek uh, Media and Marketing uh, as well online as well so and he does the ohl the intercounty baseball league and various other leagues as well so yeah i'm looking forward to bringing sam on and just bear with me guys and uh i'm going to bring on sam hasek hi sam how you doing i'm doing great chris uh thank you for having me on today well thanks for coming on so i guess you've had a busy last couple of weeks yeah, it's it's been pretty hectic. Um, obviously, wrapping up Minto Cup with the beaches on Thursday, and then uh, last night finally being back in the hockey rink with the Junior Canadians for an exhibition game. But yeah, it's been a crazy uh, couple of weeks. But I wouldn't want my summer to be any other way, honestly. Absolutely, and and that pandemic really hurt people like ourselves for a couple of years with not being able to go to stadiums and arenas. So I'm actually doing more stuff this summer than I had in the last 10 summers. Yeah, the same. Honestly, it's it's crazy with the last couple of years, the way the pandemic kind of kept us away from um, live events and stuff. But it's definitely been a summer to remember for sure. Definitely. Um, and I guess uh, I was going to bring it up the mental cup. I guess you guys lost to um, trying to think, was it Edmonton? I think you guys lost the other night, 20 to 12. Yeah. Um, yeah. The Edmonton Miners, they did an excellent job um, in the mental cup this year. I got to first off, give them credit for um, what they did. It was the first time that an Alberta team has ever made a mental cup final. So um, first off, congratulations to them. They they fought so hard against us and um, obviously came out with the victory and get to face Whitby in the finals this weekend. But um, yeah, to see a team like that uh, put up the fight they did, it's it's definitely amazing. And they're definitely making history for Alberta and lacrosse out there. I've noticed the sport of lacrosse is growing across Ontario and it's nice to see get it more exposure, especially on TSN as well. And I thought they did a really nice job this year also with uh, the National Lacrosse League game of the week as well with Pat Gregor, John Abbott and Ashley Docking as well. Yeah, definitely. The game of lacrosse is definitely growing and it's nice to see as it is the national sport of Canada. So it's great to see. I mean, um, this was my first real year of actually taking kind of lacrosse seriously and working in it. And, um, I, I wouldn't trade it for the world, honestly. Like if, um, 
if there's anyone out there listening and wants to get involved in the game of lacrosse, definitely do it. Um, I know it's it's quite expensive to play, but um, definitely worth reaching out to some local teams and trying to get involved because you definitely won't regret it if you um, have a good team and you'll make memories that will last a lifetime for sure. Absolutely. And, and John Gookler, um, uh, he's the uh, voice of the Buffalo Bandits. He was nice enough this year to bring me down to uh, um, Key Bank Center in Buffalo to cover the Bandits Rock game as a media member. And it was tr- tremendous. The game was good. And then I got to speak to John Chaveras and a couple of players in the media press conference at the end of the game. It was, and uh, I, he's got me hooked on the sport as well is Pat and uh, just like I said, and then I did the game we were talking earlier. I did the game with Rogers TV last night with the uh, Six Nation Chiefs uh, defeating the uh, Peterborough Lakers 15 to 8 before 2,000 fans in a little arena. And uh, tremendous game and so much respect for these guys. And a couple of the goalies I was mentioning play in the National Cross League Doug Jamison. And um, uh, the other one is uh, Matt Vince, who's probably a Hall of Fame, going to be in the Lacrosse Hall of Fame one day. Yeah, that, that's definitely awesome that you're doing that. And uh, I'm happy to see all the amazing work you're doing for sure. Well, thank you so much. And uh, hey, do all the social media stuff, it's like a full-time job promoting yourself on TikTok and Instagram. And it's just, yeah, so it's so much work. But I really love doing this. And this is something I like doing. And, and I've been very lucky to get guests like yourself uh, to come on my show as well. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's a pleasure to be here today. Okay. Can you tell my audience, I'm based out of Guelph. Can you just tell my audience just a little bit about yourself, Sam? Yeah, absolutely. So um, I kind of envy myself as kind of a photographer and uh, digital content creator, um, to be honest. Um, I started my business, Sam Hossack Media, um, up at the start of COVID, as crazy as that might sound. Um, I kind of just was sitting at home, obviously, with nothing else to do and thought, okay, like I, I want to work in media, I want to work in sports media. Um, the couple years leading up to that, I had been working with a couple teams in that and it was what my passion was. And I kind of figured, okay, like, let me start up a company and I'll be able to help create graphics for people and um, be able to promote them the best I can. So kind of started up from there. And Honestly, the last two years, I, I couldn't see myself doing what I'm doing now. Like I'm, I'm working in two um, junior A leagues in lacrosse and hockey and um, helping promote those teams and um, the seasons that both them had in my first year. It, it's amazing. And it's just memories that are going to last a lifetime. And um, so creating my company two years ago, I didn't think I would be this like dedicated into um the world of sports like i am but um like as you said doing this digital media stuff it it takes up so much of your time like um there's days where i'm sitting on my computer for hours creating graphics for joc or editing photos for the beaches like i was doing so much this summer but um yeah for the fans digital content creator photographer and um just someone that absolutely loves sports and definitely wants to make a career out of it. Your, your story is a little similar to mine. I'm a little bit older than you though. I'm 50. Uh, a couple years ago, I got a taste of the broadcasting bug through a, a basketball team. That's no longer in Guelph. They moved to Calgary 
And I wrote a story about that. And it led me to Rogers TV to do camera work. And then basically led to my show. And it's changed my life. And uh, two and a half years later, I've done 189 episodes. And I had a lot of great guests on it. And uh, people seem to be enjoying my work. And, and, and one thing I could say, I was in another career for 24 years just for the money and I wasn't very happy the last couple of years. And, and during the pandemic, this got me through the pandemic, uh, doing my podcast show and talking to great guests and uh, doing media work. And I'm hoping uh, all this leads for me for a job in the radio industry uh, one day as well. Yeah, absolutely. That's kind of the end goal here for me as well. I mean, um, if you had asked me at the start of COVID, where would you be in two or three years? I, I, probably wouldn't be able to say working in two top uh, junior leagues. So um, it's definitely been a fun time during COVID, only passing time and uh, something that definitely is something I want to pursue as a passion for sure. Definitely. My next question I wanted to ask you, Sam, is where did you attend school? And did you have a, a mentor or mentors when you decided you wanted to get into to the media industry, like people that you reached out to? Yeah, honestly, um, and this might catch a lot of people off guard, and it's something that I've kind of always told myself. I graduated high school in uh, 2018, and at the time, I was working with a, a local junior scheme up here in really Ontario where I live, and kind of just was like, hey, like I, I've got to start in hockey. What, Where do I want to go with this? Do I want to go to school? Do I want to... Um, just see where this goes and honestly it's it's been a crazy four years i i haven't attended post-secondary school university or college um for media it's just been me figuring it out all on my own um i kind of took a step back in 2019 and went back to um midget AAA and helped a team in central ontario uh the wolves with brad Bricknell. um so kind of took a step back from junior at that time, but um, worked my way back up to the highest level, obviously with junior A now. So no, I never went to school anywhere, just kind of learned all this kind of stuff on my own. And um, in terms of mentors, definitely as a kid, kind of like Jay Onright and Dan O'Toole, growing up with them on um, Sports Center every morning. And more kind of recently, I like in the photography world, one guy I definitely wanted give a huge shout out to is Tim Bates. He's um, the director of photography for the Ontario Junior Hockey League. Um, he gave me a chance at the start of COVID to be a photographer in the league and has taught me so much um, about that side of business. And I definitely wouldn't be at the level of a photographer I am um, without him. That's awesome. And the Ontario Hockey League was great to me as well. Josh Sweetland gave me an opportunity to cover game five of the uh, Bulldogs Spitfire series in Hamilton as a media member as well. And I really appreciate that opportunity. And also, Sam, I can relate to your story. I did go to college back in the 90s for law and security, but I'm trying to get into this industry the unconventional way. I've got people like, ah, you don't have the degree in broadcast journalism, but I'm getting on, I'm doing a lot of it on my own. And also I'm getting experience from uh, Rogers TV and also from the Ontario Hockey League, the Toronto Argonauts and stuff like that. Not against schooling or anything like that, but I've already talked to a few guys and they're like, Chris, what you're doing right now is what we would teach you in school. So uh, 
in a way, Sam, I know I'm a little bit older than you, but I can kind of relate to your story. And the biggest thing that I want the fans to kind of take away is I'm not saying you don't need to go to school. I mean, yes. I'm, I'm not against it. Um, no. If, if something that you want to do and you want to pursue it in school, definitely go for it. Um, I mean, I'm just a big believer that from my experiences, I know you can do it without the schooling. Obviously, there is challenges. Like, there is positions that I've kind of looked at in higher leagues and stuff where it's like, okay, it's mandatory to have a post-secondary degree, and it's like, okay, like, as much as it is kind of a payoff, it's like, okay, like, I've worked so hard that, like, I want to prove that I can do this without the kind of schooling or the degree, but definitely a degree will definitely help you. But um, the biggest thing I've learned over doing this without the school aspect is just make sure you have a bunch of um, connections in the sporting world. Um, just develop friendships with a bunch of teams and a bunch of athletes, and it will definitely get you places um, if you're not looking to go the school route and you're trying to start it on your own because it definitely will take you a little bit longer than going through school um obviously if you go to a team with a degree they they're going to jump on it right away as opposed to if you don't but i mean at the end of the day either way works and you can definitely get into sports um either way absolutely and again i'm not against the schooling either so, um, yeah, that's great advice. Now, this next question I want to ask you, Sam, you already answered part of it. Um, how did you end up starting up Sam Hossick Media? And did you have anybody give you a little bit of guidance on how to set up your own website and uh, how to set up your own business? Yeah, I mean, again, back at the start of COVID, I kind of like I needed something to kind of do the past the time. Um, and it was something that I'd been thinking about for a while and um i kind of went to my dad and was like hey like i want to kind of start up my business i don't really know where it's kind of gonna go and he kind of like pushed me to kind of do it and was like yeah like you obviously have a passion for this and this is what you want to do so kind of just decided at the start of covid um that i was going to do it then and obviously it's a crazy thing to start your own business at the start of covid when like those shutdowns and you can't even go out and do stuff as it was for the longest time in ontario so it was kind of a struggle at first but um it's definitely something that is taking a lot of time for me and is something that i'm extremely passionate about and i'm glad i made the jump to um kind of do it because i don't think i would be where i am in the sporting world if i kind of didn't do that honestly and I was going to say, I was always interested in broadcasting back in my 20s, back in the 90s, but they didn't have any of the tools. And to be honest, I don't know if I would have been ready for this because um, some of the guests they've had on are big names on ESPN, TSN. And I, I think my last job um, really did kind of help me because I had to deal with all types of the public. Uh, do interviews, speak with people, dealing with stuff. So I think my life experience the last 25 years has kind of helped me prepare for this as well. Yeah, absolutely. And that's that's a big thing. Like there's going to be times where you, like, you're trying to get into an industry and there's so many people that are ahead of you and you just got to gotta put in the work if you honestly really want it. Absolutely. Uh, I'm nothing but hard work. And you mentioned this earlier too. the word passion. 
not just hard work and talent is passion. And, and you get a lot of people trying to get into this industry, but they don't have that passion. It doesn't matter how much talent you have. Passion is key to any kind of a career. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, if you, if you don't have the passion to do it and you're working, especially at a high level, it's, it's not going to work out for you. Unfortunately, it's like you, you got to invest so much time into it and it, it really, especially at the levels I'm at, it's it's almost like a full time job. Um, the amount of time and effort it takes to put into it. So, definitely, if you're that passionate about it, you gotta you gotta make it work and make it work around your life for sure. Yeah, because people are like, "Oh, podcast, anyone can do it." But you know what? Even if I'm doing it at home in my studio downstairs, uh, it's still a lot of work. I produce my shelves, I write my shelves, I do all the guest booking, I do all the promoting, I do everything pretty well. A podcast show does as a radio because people are like, "Oh, you're still not radio," but this is the newest form of communications, and I think this is the future of broadcasting is live on streaming. Yeah, absolutely. I mean. Myself, obviously, having um, my own podcast, it it's crazy how people like I've had people kind of say to me, "Oh, like it's it doesn't take that much effort." It it really does. It like especially when you're doing it on your own. Like if you if you don't have a co-host and you don't have anyone helping you, it's like you you're reaching out to people constantly to try and get them on. And I've I've had times where people are going to come on and we've had to push it back a week or two when it was supposed to happen just because life does get that crazy um so it for the people that think it is easy sometimes it is like there are times where I'll, i can reach out to someone and they're like yeah, absolutely yeah. i can make this work like um i had an instant uh where a couple of weeks ago i had lucas little john on who um played on the whitby warriors and pickering panthers here and kind of reached out to us doing the interview and was like hey like i got some time tonight if you got time let's make it work and we ended up making it work but there's other times where you could be waiting a month for it to be lined up so um it is it is easy sometimes if it works out the right way but there's sometimes where it's hard where you're scrambling last minute have to change everything around like you might you might have something set up for that day and then next thing you know something happens and you're not able to do it so um it definitely is crazy and the investment you have to put into it to make it work it's it's almost a full-time job like i've been saying absolutely and the word i wanted to use with you too sam is flexibility it doesn't matter if you're in tv radio or you're doing your podcasting live on streaming you have to be flexible and and friday night i had something come up with rogers and my guest was great he was supposed to come on friday afternoon and he was nice enough to move his show with me to sunday so um I uh, I don't normally do that with my guests, but I totally get it with the, the people's busy schedules and everything going on. So flexibility is a big thing as well. If you're not willing to be flexible with your guests, then it's not going to be a very successful podcast show. Yeah, absolutely. Now, can you tell my audience the name of your podcast show and where can they follow you on, uh, on, on your platforms and uh, what days and times do you normally do it? Yeah, so um, the one I'm kind of working on right now, it's called the Hockey Skate Podcast. Um, kind of started it up at the start of the year a little bit and then kind of rebranded it the last little while. Um, it's it's on YouTube and then Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Um, 
just with how crazy this summer has been, it's kind of been all over releasing episodes. Like I've had days where I've recorded four or five in a day just to kind of um, bank some content. Um, there's definitely some good guests that are coming on um, in the future that I've kind of had um, already. Lucas Littlejohn, as I mentioned, um, he was on. Uh, Philip Daru, who won a Memorial Cup with the St. John Sea Dogs this year, um, have a one line or had one um, already recorded with him that I got to throw out. So um, definitely in the next little while, come September, I'm going to kind of do it once a week and um, have it come out every Monday is the plan. Um, obviously, the JRC season is going to be quite hectic with us playing so many games and me being so busy. But um, yeah, it's on YouTube, Apple, and um, Spotify, and definitely check it out. Um, it definitely really appreciate it. And a lot of guests that are going to be coming on in the future, hopefully. Um, they might not be big names, obviously, but they're going to be people that you should definitely watch out for in the sporting world. Definitely. And uh, I do about 10 to 14 shows a month. And to be honest, and I was working midnights at the time too. So uh, yeah, like you said, it's, but I, this is something I have a passion for and I love doing it. And, and uh, I learned some new stories from my guests all the time and, uh, and stuff like that as well. And you know what, anyone that wants to come on with me too, it's experience as well. It's not just having a big name guest. I'm willing to have people that are starting out in the industry, volunteers with Rogers TV, just because it's good experience for me. And also one day, who knows, maybe those people will end up being a, in a big name as well. And uh, this is how you get into the industry. You got to start somewhere. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, this next question we're going to get to you before we get to the junior Canadians is, what were some of your challenges of starting up your own business, Sam, uh, especially these last couple of years with the pandemic? Yeah, um, I'd probably say, honestly, like starting a business at the start of COVID, it was a real challenge. Obviously, I wanted to kind of get into the into the rinks and be able to shoot hockey games or shoot baseball games in the summer. And with the way COVID was at the start where we were in a lockdown for the longest time, it became very difficult. And um, so, I mean, the kind of challenges I faced at the start were kind of like, okay, like there's going to be months on end where we're going to be stuck inside and I'm going to have to kind of come up with graphics or try and promote stuff that, isn't really happening. Um, kind of at the start, it was it was near the end of like the OHL season wrapping up, and a lot of it was going to be like covering some teams in the playoffs and just making some graphics. And next thing you know, the OHL playoffs that year get canceled, and um, had to kind of adapt. And then that summer, it was like, okay, like what am I going to do? Like there's local baseball teams I could work for, try and find like summer hockey or something and nothing really worked out. And and then I got a a gig um with an junior A um TO two team, the Bradford Bulls. Um so I was around the rink during the COVID time so that first little bit. Um I was kind of the photographer and team trainer and it was it was a blast being able to do that and get into the rinks. But um, my business really wasn't booming at that point because it was covering one team and all we were doing was practicing three, four days a week and ended up playing two games. So it didn't really um, kind of take off for me until I want to say 
honestly, last summer, um, I got a volunteer kind of job um, with the Barry Baycats in the Inner County Baseball League. Um, I kind of started the summer covering um, the team for my media company um, through the manager, Josh Matler, who's a great friend of mine. And near the end of the year, they kind of had a position for me to write some articles and cover the team a little bit. And um, I jumped right on that. And that's kind of where the whole, like, the whole business thing kind of honestly took off for me. Um, being at the Diamond a couple of days a week, getting my photos out and having people start to kind of notice it at that point was honestly where it kind of really took off. And since last summer, it's just been a steady flow of, okay, like there's actually events happening that I can go to and be able to do this stuff. I was going to say, and uh, I'm not quite a photographer like yourself, but having these smartphones with these good cameras really helps with uh, your digital content as well. And I'm a friend with uh, one of the team photographers for the, for the Guelph Royals, the Guelph Storm and the Guelph Griffins. His name is Gar Fitzgerald. I don't know if you've heard of him, but he really does a, a good job with all the sports teams up here in Guelph. Yeah, I've, I've seen some of his work on social media, and it's it's quite amazing. Um, it's it's honestly amazing what you can do when you have good quality camera equipment. It's it's incredible some of the images that you're able to uh, capture. Absolutely. Before I get into the Junior Canadians, Sam, uh, is it okay if I just show a little few minute clip uh, from the the Toronto Junior Canadians from the twenty one twenty twenty two season? Yeah, absolutely. Okay, it's just a couple of clip, minute clip I got off of uh, YouTube, just so my audience can see more, Diver a little bit more. Toronto modern. Maple Leafs fan, I'm legally obligated to hate the Montreal Canadiens. Show me the blue, red, and white, and all I see is red. But the Toronto Junior Canadiens are an entirely different story. It's impossible for me to have anything but respect for this franchise. Year in, year out, the JRCs are always in the thick of the battle for OJHL supremacy, and they've produced a bevy of NHL draft picks over the past few years. This season, they're once again in the conversation, in the chase for the Buckland Cup, and we take a closer look now at the JRCs and this week's team spotlight. And this segment is brought to you by Clean Quip. Clean Quip is the official disinfectant supplier to the OJHL. <laughs> will bring it over the line. Real to Vitali in the slot. Vitali, one move. Oh, what a beautiful goal. Forehand to backhand to the back of the net. Eric to watch the Toronto Junior Canadians play this year, you'd never think the squad had missed a full season due to the pandemic shutdown. The JRCs have looked like a well-oiled machine out there, sporting one of the best records in the OJHL and currently battling North York for top spot in the South Division. First of all, it's a great uh, great group of kids. Uh, pleasure coming to the rink every day and coaching these guys day in and day out. Uh, they practice super hard. Uh, we've taken some strides in, in our consistency and our habits. Uh, I think we're a fast team. Uh, we've got a fair amount of skill, and we do have uh, a, a good amount of depth. Dropped off, Begros back as it Fukakusa. Oh, what a move! What a goal! Engine, engine number nine. Uh, I think we're going to be able to put up a lot of points, uh, lots of goals and stuff. And I think our special team should be pretty good. Uh, we'll have to work on the as a back end together and make sure we're getting the puck up to our forwards and letting them get to work down low. Uh, we have Liam Fidak, who's, who's a great leader. 
He uh, is always staying positive, keeping the boys honest. Uh, we also have guys like uh, Fuchs, who's just a hardworking, great guy. He's really skilled and can put some points up too. He's 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 a great player. And then Matty Wild too is just lights out, making great plays all over the ice for sure. To touch on a couple of players, Bertrand just mentioned Fedak is the Canadian's engine. He captains the squad, but has had a run of bad luck with injuries this season. When he returns, it'll make an already potent lineup just that much better. Yeah, Liam, uh, Liam's been on, you know, ha had some unfortunate circumstances injury-wise this season, only playing uh, four of our first 20 games. Uh, he's just coming back from a uh, visit at uh, Union. So he does have that interest. Um, the four games he did play, played extremely well. He is our captain and, uh, you know, our top centerman. So we're going to be really excited to have him back in the next week or so. Matthew Wild currently leads the team in scoring and sits in the top 10 for all OJHL point getters this season. Wild trying to beat him to it. Matthew Wild in, shot scores! Oh, what a goal! Yeah, Matthew's been excellent. Another guy that does everything well. Um, skates well. He's responsible defensively. Very, very good with the puck. Doesn't turn it over much. And he can shoot the puck. He's able to score. Cooper Bertrand has been solid on the blue line and provides an offensive punch as well. Yeah, Coop is uh, Coop's a great defenseman, really shifty on the back end. Uh, great heads-up player, and we can always uh, look forward to him moving the puck up quickly so he can get up ice and create some scoring chances in the O-zone. The Junior Canadians have been one of the top teams in the league the last few seasons when it comes to producing top-end talent. They've had an NHL-drafted player for three seasons in a row. First, it was Jack McBain. Then, Eric Ciccolini. And finally, Ryan Teverberg. The Canadians have a reputation as a first-class organization that sets players up for success. Yeah, I think it starts from coaching staff and management. Um, and it kind of trickles down to all the players. But just having an environment where... You know, we're expected to succeed, to come in and, and give it 110% every single day. That's uh, what we benefit from the most. How successful this year's team will be by the end of the season is yet to be determined. But Cooper Bertrand thinks they've got the tools to make a deep run. Uh, I think this team can go really far this season. Uh, as long as we all stick to the game plan and really hammer down on the, the small details, I think... Uh, this team's got a great core and, and good goaltending and everything, and I think uh, for sure we'll be able to get, get deep into the playoffs as long as we stick to the plan. Scores! And the GRC got it home! Anyways, that clip was courtesy of the Ontario Junior Hockey League, and that leads to my next question, uh, Sam. Can you just tell us about your current role with the Toronto Junior Canadians of the Ontario Junior Hockey League, uh, game day operations and marketing, and overall how successful was this 21-22 uh, 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 season for the Canadians? Yeah, so to kind of touch on it to start, um, my role with the Canadians obviously is game day operations and um, marketing manager on the marketing side of things. I run all our social media, our Twitter Facebook, Instagram pages, and um, keep the fans up to date throughout the season during games, live tweeting during games, and creating a bunch of um, graphics and stuff on off days. And the, 
the game day operations side of things is making sure that everything runs smoothly um, during home games. So I have kind of a staff that works under me um, that are uh, two security, two to three security people that are checking for stamps and stuff um, at the doors. Um, our timekeeper, our PA person, our ticket ladies who do a phenomenal job. Um, I can't thank all of the staff that works under me enough for making um, last year as great as it was. Um, I was fortunate enough to have both my parents um, working as security uh, people for me last year. And you know my dad's coming back this year, so it's going to be great to have him and have his support there and knowing that um, everything's going to be running smoothly that way. Um, in terms of going to details about what our team did last year, when I applied for the job um, through Twitter and had a meeting um, with Blake Ricci, our GM, he, he told me at the start of the year that we were going to be a good team. And... At the start, I I wanted to believe him, but I'd heard that in the past with teams I had worked on, and it it started to click right away for me right when we started the season and had a run in the preseason where we went five zero and one. That okay, like we can probably do this. Like it looked like we were going to be a good team, and I mean to go and win forty one games in a regular season and set a franchise record for wins and home wins. It was, it was unbelievable. The OJHL, you play a 54 game season. So our, our final record was 41, 12, one and all. And heading in the playoffs, there was a lot of expectations that, okay, like we can do this. And there was a lot of teams that were watching us. And um, we had a shortened playoffs because of COVID. They wanted to, make sure we would guarantee to get to the Centennial Cup, um, whoever won our league. So the playoffs kind of were definitely shortened. The first two rounds were best of three. The conference final was a best of five. And then the Buckland Cup final was a best of seven. And um, we got through the first two rounds by sweeping the Patriots in North York. And both those organizations, they're, they'll, they are both, both built very deeply and um they're both going to be strong teams this year um so it kind of hit me when we were facing the Cougars in the conference final that hey this is something we can do we're, we're going on a deep run we had three to four hundred people a night at Scotiabank Pond cheering us on and it was amazing and the night in Coburg that we won the Southeast Conference it was like okay this is setting in we're it's the one in two teams, us and the Pickering Panthers in the, the Buckland Cup, winner goes to the Centennial Cup. And it was the first time in franchise history that um, the Toronto Junior Canadians had made it to a Buckland Cup final. And to say the least, the, the OJHL finals, it's an experience that I'm never going to forget. Um, it was an all-out war for us at Pickering for the seven games. Um, obviously, on our end, it didn't. It didn't end um, the way we wanted it to. Um, I won't go into too much detail. There was some controversial calls, unfortunately, in the series that um, it 
it still hurts and still stings to talk about or think about. Um, but the whole year as a whole to now, especially walking in the training camp a couple weeks ago and seeing the two banners um, that we have up hanging behind our bench of a South division um, championship banner and a Southeast conference banner. And um, I'm pretty sure we're getting a Brant snow banner as well um, for finishing first in the regular season in the league. Um, it just, I, I honestly really can't put it into words how special of a group we had last year. Um, we have a lot of new faces on our team this year. Um, few younger guys and stuff. And, um, it's, it's going to be another great year, but last year was one of the best years I've ever had in the game of hockey. And I, I wouldn't trade it for anything. I'm still close with all 22, 23 of those guys. A lot of them are back on our team this year and we're ready to, um, kind of start it up again. Um, the one thing I kind of said is it's a revenge tour. We have a lot to prove to the OJHL. Um, but the way things ended last year, um, we want to go out and prove that we're a top team in the league. And JRC has been for years. They've had talent come out there like um, Ciccolini, McBain, and Teverberg, all first-round picks in the NHL. Um, they're kind of that atmosphere there um, of having draft picks. And sorry about that, Teverberg and Ciccolini later round picks. But still, those guys are making a name for the Toronto Junior Canadians organization and it's great to see but as a whole um the one word I'd use for last year is amazing it was it was the greatest year and I can't wait to start it again I mean we had an exhibition game last night didn't go our way but we're ready to fight and we're ready to get another couple banners up in Scotiabank Pond this year I was going to ask a couple questions. Um, what is the average age group of these players? And uh, can you just tell me, my audience here in Guelph, uh, how many teams are in the Ontario Junior Hockey League? And um, I've heard of a lot of OHL players coming from this program as well. Yeah. Um, so the OJHL, they're 16 to 21 year olds. Um, just it's a typical junior league, just like the OHL is 16 to 21. Um, and in terms of like the OHL guys, yeah, there, we have a number of OHL um, draft picks on our team. And um, a lot of guys will either go play their 16 year old year in junior A and kind of move on to the OHL from there. And in terms of uh, number of teams, there's 22 teams in um the OJHL, it's down to 21 now, technically. Um, the Buffalo Junior Sabres are still a team in our league. Um, but unfortunately, with the way COVID has been the last couple of years, they've kind of taken a leave of absence, and they are again um, this season. So typically 22 teams, but um, 21 for now until Buffalo's back in the league. Do you think they will come back in the league in 23, 23-24, possibly? Yeah, I definitely think um, it's something that um, is going to happen. I mean, um, in my personal opinion, I thought they were going to make it work um, this year, actually. Um, so it kind of caught me off guard a little bit when I saw that they um, weren't able to again. Obviously, um, with them being based in Buffalo, you got to travel across in the Canada all the time. Like you're playing 27 road games, so you're 
crossing the border a lot and it, it's going to take so much. And with the way COVID, I mean, still is like, obviously it's getting a lot better, but there is still the way of it happening and you don't want to leave to get shut down for any reason for it. So um, I can see why they're still not able to come back. What other teams could uh, compete with the Toronto Junior Canadians this year? Yeah, honestly, there's there's a lot of teams in our league that I think are going to be top teams. Um, the the Milton Menace they they played two preseason games before playing us last night, and that team's gelling really well. Um, there's some other teams, especially in our division, um, the North York Rangers. They always put up a fight. They definitely did against us last year. It was one team that um, we we had some struggles with a little bit. Um, but at the end of the day, um, there was a lot of good teams in our league. Um, there's 21 teams in the league and anyone, honestly, anyone can beat anyone on a, any given night. Um, so there's a lot of teams that will put up good fights against us this year. Um, I don't want to get into too many details, but I mean, we're, we're looking pretty strong just like we did last year, but there definitely is going to be some, um, Hedge turned in our league this year. Um, a lot of teams that might not think they're going to be in the top, I think they're going to be in the top of the divisions. Um, last year was a little bit different. We had four divisions, and then it was made into two conferences. This year, they went back to the two conferences. So there's um, 12 teams in each, I believe, or something along those lines. I think 11 and 11 or something like that. Um, so Playoff format's a little different this year as well. Um, but there's going to be a lot of hedge turned, I feel like, in uh, the OJHL this year. A lot of teams that were um, top teams last year, like Trenton, Trenton Golden Hawks, Wellington Dukes, they're going to be strong again. Um, the Lindsay Muskies look pretty strong. And then obviously us. And there's some other teams in um, the West, like Georgetown should have a good team. And um, even a team like Brantford, I know they had – a little bit of struggles last year at times, but they look pretty strong this year as well. Brantford 99ers? Yeah. And uh, I had their uh, head coach from last year on my show a couple weeks ago, Daniel Fitzgerald, who's now the new head coach of the Niagara Ice Dogs. And uh, I think that team is going to be very improved with Daniel Fitzgerald. Did you have any dealings with him when he was with Brantford? Uh, not personally, no. I did have a buddy who played um, down there a couple of years ago, and I think um, he was the coach there, but not really. Um, obviously, last year, we the OJ kind of kept us in our division. We played one okay. other division, and um, we were playing the division that Coburg and Wellington were in. So um, we actually didn't get to see teams like Brantford or even like Collingwood last year, um, which is good this year that we get to kind of play everyone. Um, everyone, it's going to be um, good to see the competition, definitely. Because um, once you get out of your division, there's some really strong divisions in the OJ, and then there's some that are um, kind of middle of the pack, but there are still strong teams. Um, as I said, anyone can beat anyone in this league, and um, a lot of heads are definitely going to turn with um, everyone playing everyone this year for sure. Okay. I was going to, we'll wrap up the Canadians talk here in a sec. Um, I was going to say, what if somebody in this Guelph area wants to go to a, uh, come down to the Toronto for a game? Uh, how much are the ticket prices and where is the Scotiabank uh, Pond Arena located? Yeah. So for um, 
regular senior ticket prices for um, general admission. So, like, adult tickets are um, going to be, I believe, $15 um, for kind of general admission. Uh, students are $10, and then seniors are 5 Um, In terms of our arena, uh, the pond, as we call it, it's located in um, Downsview Park, um, kind of in North York area there. Um, so if you know where Downsview Park is, we're kind of right in the heart of Downsview Park, honestly. Um, it's a great facility. The o OHL Cup is actually held at um, Scotiabank Pond every year. Um, the round robin and then the semifinals up um, till they move to Mattamy for the OHL Cup final. Um, all the OHL Cup is played at Scotiabank Pond. Okay. I just got a couple more. Are you okay for a few more minutes, Sam? Yeah, a absolutely. More okay, this one I had to ask you. Uh, thoughts on the uh, tournament with the uh, Whippy Warriors and the uh, the Mental Cup, basically, with the Whippy Warriors, Edmonton Miners, and the Victoria Shamrocks. And who are you predicting uh, to win between Edmonton and the Victoria Shamrocks? Yeah, so um, obviously the Mental Cup, it it was an experience. Um, I mean, we had a tough loss on Thursday night to Edmonton Miners, and our season ended before we thought it might. Um, in a normal year, it's crazy, though, because um, Brampton was given the host bid to host at the CAA Center, um, but the junior A team in Brampton wasn't given an automatic bid to be in it. So... Heading in the playoffs, we were kind of told that, hey, like the two Ontario finalists, so whoever wins the Ontario, like the Iroquois uh, trophy and the finalists are going to make Minto Cup. So we had that kind of in the back of our minds heading into playoffs. And um, we took out Peterborough in the first round and then had uh, a series against the Burlington Chiefs in uh, round two that went to five games um, in the best of five. So right up until the end. Um, and then we faced Whitby in the uh, Ontario finals. And once we kind of took out Burlington, it was like, okay, this is where um, this has become a reality. Like we set a franchise record with the Toronto Beaches this year for uh, wins. We were 15 and five. Um, and it was the first time we've ever made a Minto Cup in franchise history. So the whole week as a whole, it was, it was unbelievable. I can't, I can't thank the fan group that came down and supported us all throughout the week in the four games for the beaches. It was, it was amazing. Um, I know some local businesses provided food for the boys after the games. Um, so I can't thank those guys enough as well. And our entire organization, um, I definitely know we'll touch on that in a bit, but um, the tournament as a whole, it definitely um, something I'll always remember. Um, it's the first time I've ever made a national tournament, and it was great. Um, we finished two and two, um, obviously with Minto Cup final starting tonight. It's where we wanted to be, but um, things happen for a reason, obviously. And um, I think, to be honest, I think Edmonton's got this. Um, they kind of came out of the dark. Um, we we beat them in the round robin, um, and it looked like. It was going to, um, to be honest, it looked like it was going to be us and Whitby in the finals this weekend. And Edmonton came out of nowhere and just, they stunned us. Um, 
it was an all around great experience for the four days that I was at, um, the CAA center there and, um, yeah, Edmonton, they've got a strong team. Whitby's got a strong team as well. Um, but I think Edmonton's going to come out with this, um, and win their first ever Minto cup and make more history for, um, the Rocky mountain, uh, lacrosse league in Alberta. I was going to say, and there's what, 11 teams right now in the uh, Ontario Junior Lacrosse League, I believe, 11 teams? Yeah, so there's 11, and the crazy thing for the people that don't understand Junior A Lacrosse in um, Canada is there's 11 teams in Ontario in the Ontario Junior Lacrosse League. There's four teams in the Rocky Mountain League, and it's crazy because three of them are in Alberta and one's in Saskatchewan, and... I don't know off the top of my head how many teams are in BC, but there's only three leagues for uh, junior A lacrosse in um, Canada. There's nothing out in the East Coast, Nova Scotia, that area. There's nothing. It's it's crazy. So to say that we're a top three team in the in the country, um, obviously with finishing the way we did in semifinals, um, it's it's crazy to think that out of the 30 plus or however many teams are in in Canada and junior lacrosse, we were in the top three. And I guess this finals between Edmonton and Victoria is going to be on tsn.ca and also on their YouTube channel as well. So that's great for the uh, championship to get that kind of exposure. Yeah, it's, it's going to be great for Edmonton and Whitby to get that. Um, Whitby, sorry. Yeah, that exposure there. Um, I know that there was a lot of people definitely watching that couldn't make it out to Brampton. A lot of families from Edmonton and Victoria, um, when they when Victoria was still playing games, um, it was definitely a lot of people watching on the streams. And um, I'm sure there's going to be a lot of people at the arena um, this weekend to see the finals. And we know which team Pat Gregor will be cheering for, the Whitby Warriors, because that's where Pat's from, I believe, Whitby. Yeah, Patty will definitely uh, be cheering for them. Definitely. And I'm just going to wrap it up with two more questions for you, uh, Sam. This one I wanted to ask you, uh, your most memorable story you've written so far and most memorable sports memory so far. Yeah. So, um, honestly can't really think of most, um, memorable story, to be honest. Um, I've written a lot of them. Um, but most memorable sports mom- memory is definitely as as hard as it has been to experience what I went through this summer um, in the stretch of about 104, 105 days of losing in an Ontario final um, with the Junior Canadians, losing an Ontario final with the Beaches, and then losing in semifinals of the um, Minto Cup. Um, I think the most memorable sports memory I'm going to have for the rest of my life is getting to those finals and seeing how how much it takes throughout a season to to do that to um, experience that. It's it's something that I now know that when it does happen, when I'm able to lift one of those trophies, if it's either the Buckland Cup or it's the Iroquois Trophy next year, how great that feeling is going to be because I know how much it, it hurts still right now. Um, I mean, I still haven't really had a chance to kind of um, process the loss from Thursday yet, but um, it's those, those are the memories that kind of last with you forever because once you 
do get a chance to make a final, it, you never know when it, it could happen again. Um, like you work with sports teams all throughout your life and you never know how many times um, you're going to get that that opportunity. So definitely I would I would say to cherish every moment. You, If you ever get to a national championship or if you ever get to a finals in your league, you know, you'll know the feeling of how, how hard your team is working, how hard you've personally worked to make sure all the content is out there and making the team look great. But yeah, those, these finals and um, Minto Cup this week is definitely my memorable sports memory for sure. As as they say, there's no guarantees in sports year to year or in life as well. So when you get an opportunity, like you mentioned, I appreciate every moment of it because you just never know. Just like I was able to cover the uh, London Lightning Kitchener Waterloo Titans NBL of Canada championship game. How often do people get to cover a deciding game and be on the court when a team wins a championship? And and like I said, it's so hard to get to a championship, let alone win it. And people don't realize even when a team loses in a in a championship, it still takes a special team to get there. And 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 like I said, in life you don't always win, and and sometimes you do, and sometimes you don't. But uh, like I said, just getting there is uh, quite the accomplishment. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, and last question, Sam, for you. Um, any advice for those who are watching or listening on Live with CDP podcast today, looking to start up their own business or getting into photography like you are in writing, content creating, and media media industry in general? Yeah. I'm honestly, my, and, sorry. Honestly, the best advice I can give is kind of just – if you're looking to get into it, a lot of the stuff at the start, you're probably, chances are you're going to be volunteering. Um, like if you live in a small town in Ontario and you've got like, a, if you're in the hockey, you've got, if you've got a junior C team in your town, just maybe go on their website and try and get the GM's number and send them a text or send them an email and say, hey, like this is what I kind of want to do. Um, and that goes for any sport, baseball, football, lacrosse like whatever it is obviously um you're gonna get the experience and you gotta start your resume definitely somewhere um if you want to make the jump and try and get to the high levels like junior a or junior b um definitely try and do that um you know you never know where those roads are gonna um definitely lead you in terms of um photography definitely do a lot of reading up on um, what you want to kind of do with it to see how seriously you want to take it. Um, I mean, a couple of years ago, before I even did the whole OJHL images thing, like I I didn't have the quality of camera, quality of lens that I have now. And um, I can't thank Tim Bates enough for that, for giving me that opportunity, even though it was only for three games during a COVID bubble. Um, it was kind of mandatory to have... Uh, f 2.8 70 to 200 millimeter lens for a camera just to be able to shoot games and um i'm fortunate enough that my dad was able to help me get one and get one used um they go for anywhere from three to five thousand dollars like um as a photographer it's not cheap and um you'll learn that if you're trying to get into it um so it's the lens that i use all the time and it the shots i've been able to get with it have been amazing and 
Um, I wouldn't be where I am in the photography industry without it. Um, and then in terms of kind of content writing and media stuff, just try and get your name out there. Um, obviously school wise, if you have a degree in sports media, that's going to be a big thing, but just try and volunteer locally and find a team that you can, um, start up with and work your way up there. I mean, I've been doing this for six or seven years and started in junior C and now I'm up in the junior A level. And the next step for me, honestly, is the OHL and the NLL, if I ever get there for lacrosse. Um, so just make sure you have, um, pathways and stuff that you can, and friendships that you can build with local organizations and just the contacts you build in the game of hockey or baseball or whatever sport you're into. Um, just try and get out there and try and get um, some contacts and kind of see what roads they lead for you. Okay. And I was going to say, uh, where can my audience find you on social media as well, Sam? Yeah. So on Twitter at Hosey88 or um, Sam Hossack Media. And um, in terms of Instagram, same kind of um, handles there. Just search up Sam Hossack Media and um, my personal account, Hosey88. Um, and then the obviously, if you're interested in following the Junior Canadians, um, just search up Toronto Junior Canadians. I think our handle on Instagram is and Twitter is at OJHL Canadians. Um, so if you're interested in following along and seeing um, the journey that our team kind of goes on and the content that I'm putting out, definitely um, check it out there. Okay. Well, Sam, uh, thank you so much for coming on live with CDP Sports Podcast today, season four, episode 24. I'm sorry I kept you a little more than 45 minutes, but I really enjoyed hearing your stories and uh, and talking about the Toronto Junior Canadians, the Toronto Beaches, and uh, your Sam Hasek uh, media site as well. And I even put down how they can contact you by phone and email on here as well. Awesome. And I just, I want to give one shout out here before we end. Um, actually, two quick ones. A um, couple of awards were handed out at um, the Minto Cup on Wednesday night for our team. Um, first off, goaltender. Um, most valuable goaltender was uh, Will Johnson for our team. He, he was a rock for our team this year. Um, he played in almost every game for us. He played every game in the regular season. Um, and it was an all-out war for these guys. The injuries we the guys went through and some of the struggles that we had at times. Um, he he did an amazing job and he fought all the way to the end for us and kept us in a lot of games this year. And uh, just want to give him a shout out there. And another guy that um, helped me really fall in love with the game of lacrosse this year, um, Willem Foth. A lot of people aren't going to know that name in um, the game of lacrosse, but the things that Foth did this year for our team, um, last year it was a COVID year and they only had a prospects kind of tournament, so we only got into eight games, um, and he put up 21 points. But the things that Willem Foth did this year, um, he's a 2003 or 2004, so he's pretty young, um, and he committed to Cornell University, actually, um, in the middle of this season, but I'm going to read off the numbers for the fans here of what Willem Booth did for us this season. So in the regular season, as a rookie, 
first year he won rookie of the year and he won most valuable player in the um ojll this year which is amazing exactly why i'm giving him a shout out um in the regular season in 19 games he had 50 goals 56 assists and 106 points in playoffs 11 games 21 goals 23 assists 44 points and then this past week in the Minto Cup, he had eight goals and 12 assists for 20 points in four games. So in 34 games this year, Firth put up 170 points. And that is, to me, that's utterly ridiculous. This guy doesn't seem like he's human to me. Um, so a lot of people need to learn Willem Firth's name in the game of lacrosse. His brother, um, Sam, played for the uh, Colorado um, mammoth in the NLL this year and won a um, NLL championship actually um, and if you're a huge lacrosse fan and you follow the NLL Willem Firth is a name you're going to hear in a couple of years um, either getting drafted or um, getting an invite to a team's camp but he is going to do amazing things and honestly I hope that he's back with us next summer and puts up 200 points and just keeps proving people wrong because this guy's going to go places in the game of lacrosse Okay. Hey, Sam, I was going to say thank you so much for coming on. And I'm definitely going to try to do some more uh, lacrosse podcast shows in the future. And uh, Pat said he's going to listen to our show later on uh, audio. So just give me about maybe 15 minutes and I'll have this all downloaded to audio and I'll send you a copy of it. But hey, it was great speaking with you, Sam. And uh, thank you so much for coming on live with CDP Sports Podcast today. And we'll definitely keep in touch with you on social media and hopefully one day we'll run into you at an arena or a stadium as well. Yeah, absolutely. And uh shout out to Patty. I know he's definitely going to be listening to this. Um, you had some great calls at the Minto cup. Um, definitely great being friends with you and seeing the support you give me Patty. So keep it up and have some great calls in the Minto cup this weekend, bud. Okay, Sam, I hope you enjoy the rest of your day off and we'll definitely keep in touch with you on social media. And uh, thank you so much again for coming on today. Awesome. Thank you again, Chris. You too, Sam. Take care. Anyways, guys, I hope you enjoyed my podcast today with Sam Hossack, creator and founder of Sam Hossack Media. And he's also the marketing and game day operations manager for the Toronto Junior Canadians of the Ontario Junior Hockey League. And he's also the team photographer for the Toronto Beaches as well in the Ontario Lacrosse uh, League as well. And Sam's work, you can check it out. It's on multiple sports organizations ranging, ranging from the Ontario Hockey League to the Premier Hockey Federation and to the Provincial Junior Hockey League, as well as the Intercounty Baseball League, which tonight you got the Gulf Royals taking on the Hamilton Cardinals in game one of the best of five series, uh, 7.35 at Hastings Stadium in Guelph tonight. And uh, Sam's also involved with the Ontario Junior Hockey League as well. And a number of uh, news outlets such as uh, in Muskoka and Barry 411 and CTV News Barry as well. So I hope you guys can check out Sam, Sam uh, Hasek on social media as well. And also I'll just leave his number. You can call Sam by phone 613-513-5259 and by email media relations, media relations, Sam Hasek media at gmail.com as well and before i go guys i'm just going to wrap up this show shortly i uh, just wanted to let you know 
Uh, here it is. The next live with CDP Sports Podcast, Season 4, Episode 25, will be Sunday, August 28th at 12.30 p.m. with my guest Frank Fazy, a former radio personality in Toronto and a musician in Toronto. Frank was with the Fan 590 in Toronto and also Q107 in Toronto. He also uh, co-hosted a show with Andy Frost on Q107, who's the former Maple Leafs PA announcer as well. And Frank is also a musician and worked with some uh, big, pretty named group bands as well. And I'm looking forward to speaking to him tomorrow. And uh, he also, Frank also uh, covered the Blue Jays and Maple Leafs in the uh, early 90s uh, and filled in for Howard Berger uh, covering them uh, on the Fan 590. So uh, we're going to talk to Frank about covering the Leafs, the, the Leafs, the Jays, his career with Fan 590, which was three years, I believe, and also with Q107 in Toronto and being a musician as well. Uh, so I'm looking forward to it. Guys, uh, 1230 Eastern tomorrow uh, again. And I want to say thank you to everybody watching this live on my YouTube channel. Please subscribe and hit the like notification. And thank you also watching the people for watching this live on Facebook Live. And also thank you to everybody watching this live on LinkedIn. I can now do my podcast shows on LinkedIn. I have almost 1,200 followers on LinkedIn. So it's great to have a new audience in LinkedIn. And hopefully I'll be able to add a couple more platforms to my show soon. I have some news coming up very soon about my show live with CDP in September. and. Uh, uh, I'll let you guys know in the next week or so as well. I'm looking forward to that as well. And uh, let's see, guys. I'm just going to wrap this up, guys, like I do with all my podcast shows. Live with CDP Sports Podcast. The audio version is downloaded to Google Podcasts, Anchor FM, Apple Podcasts, Breaker, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, Spotify, CastBox, and LinkedIn. And also, guys, StreamYard is the official live stream provider of Live with CDP Sports Podcast. And you guys can also check me out on TikTok at Live with CDP on TikTok as well. And you can also check me out on WordPress.com slash home slash Live with CDP Podcast dot WordPress.com. I just wrote an article why the CBL, the Canadian League Basketball League, failed in Guelph after four season as they announced a week ago that the Guelph Nighthawks will be relocating to Calgary with new team name, new colors and everything. And I personally uh, put my opinion into this article. So hope you can check out wordpress.com slash home live with CDP podcast.wordpress.com and read my latest article, why the Canadian league basketball league failed in Guelph after four seasons. So uh, I thought I did a good job on the article, but we'll see. And that's about it guys. Um, again, I want to say thank you to my guest, Sam Hasek for coming on live with CDP podcast today, season four, episode 24. And uh, again, I'm looking forward to my next podcast, uh, which is going to be a Sunday. Tomorrow, August 28th at 12.30 Eastern with Frank Fazy, again, former radio personality and musician in the Toronto area. And uh, he's also, uh, Frank is a huge Detroit Red Wings fan. So we're going to talk about uh, the Red Wings and if this team is might be good enough to make the playoffs this year with all their uh, changes, their draft picks and some uh, free agent signings as well. And I want to say thank you to Rogers TV again last night. Uh, I did some camera work for them uh, down in Six Nations and saw the Six Nations Chiefs 
defeat the uh, Peterborough Lakers 15 to eight and to get back into that series. It's Peterborough leading that best of seven series, three games to two. The winner of that series goes to the Man Cup, which is a, a championship for lacrosse. And I got to see Matt, Matt Vince from the Buffalo Bandits play last night in net for Peterborough. And uh, Doug Jamison, uh, who's with the uh, Albany Firewolves, uh, playing net for the Peterborough team as well. And I want to say thank you to the producer, uh, Neil White. Uh, good luck in your new career. And uh, thank you for your patience with me on uh, Rogers TV as well. So I'm uh, looking forward to working with some new producers uh, coming in September as the uh, Ontario Hockey League's returning as well. But guys, check out lacrosse. It's a great sport, great game. And um uh, yeah, I really enjoy it a lot. So that's about it for today, guys. Uh, again, thank you to Sam Hasek for coming on. And I hope everybody has a great evening. And we'll see you guys tomorrow for Season 4, Episode 25 of Live with CDP Sports Podcast, live on YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter tomorrow as well. And uh, thank you to my new audience on LinkedIn uh, for watching today as well. So have a great night, guys, and we'll see you tomorrow at 12.30 with Frank Fazy, and we'll talk uh, about his career in radio and as a musician in the Toronto area. Take care, guys.